This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morrison. This week, we're recapping strong performances at the NCAA Championships for our cross-country teams. Plus, we talk with some early season standouts on the hardwood and in the pool. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The cross-country teams competed at the NCAA Championships in Louisville, Kentucky on Saturday, and the women finished 16th out of 32 teams, and the men placed 26th out of 32 schools. Both finished higher than their ranking coming into the meet. On the women's side, junior Jill Richardson and senior captain Tara Ellard both earned All-America honors for their performances. Richardson, our female Bobcat of the Week, led the Bobcats once again, placing 33rd out of 293 runners, while Ellard placed 39th. They both joined the Bobcast via Zoom to chat about NCAAs and the season as a whole. A couple of All-Americans with us here on the Bobcast, Joe Richardson and Tara Ellard, recapping the Women's Cross Country NCAA Championships. And you only finished eight seconds apart. So, Tara, were you and Joe running together the whole time here? Yeah, we, we started off the race a little bit separate. I kind of took it out a bit easy. And so I was running um, a, a bit further back than Jill was, but throughout like the first K, um, I tried to move up a bit, and by like about midway through the second K, we we kind of found each other. Great, and Joe, what was it? What was it like down there in Louisville? What was the what were the conditions like? What was the course like? I know you've been there before. Yeah, it was a lot better than um, uh, my freshman year, where it was quite muddy and stuff, and so it made the course a lot faster. I would say. Tara, what were your impressions of how the race went in terms of the conditions and uh, how the team did? Yeah, the conditions were definitely better than um, my sophomore year and Jill's freshman year. We had a lot more steady ground this time and a lot less mud, so that was fun. Um, And the weather itself was beautiful. It was about low 50s, which is what I would say is ideal cross-country weather, but that was a bit of a debate between us on the team. Um, (laughs) But I think that really helped in, you know, having good conditions all around to have some good showings between all of us. So, Jill, what's it like to be an All-American? Pretty exciting. <laughs> and, of course, it was so fun to be able to walk up there with Tara. It looks like you had some pretty cool medals, too, uh, from what I saw, right? You got some pretty pretty big medals for your finish? Yep. Some nice, some nice hardware. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tara, what was that like for you to get those medals? Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, I it was definitely unexpected for me. So to to get that medal in the end was so exciting. And it was fun to be up there with so many great runners. I mean, there was 40 of us in total who got that honors. Um, and I was talking to the girls like left and right for me. And we were all just saying that we were like, so excited to be there. And it was so nice to see like a lot of the girls from the East region, you know, doing really well in that meet. So it was a lot of fun to kind of talk to those girls. And of course, you know, get that medal, which was amazing. So Jill, as a junior here, how would you evaluate how the season went overall? What are some goals you have kind of leaning into the future here with one more season to go for you. Yeah, I mean, I think we were kind of talking about it at one point in the season, like seems like next year we're going to have um, a really stacked team. We'll have some some people back from study abroad and, you know, some runners are freshmen and everyone just like continuing to improve. And I think it'll be really exciting and I hope we can just have a good show out again. Terrific. And and Tara, as a senior, are you excited to watch this program continue to grow as an alum? Oh, I'm so excited to see everyone run next year. As Jill was saying, there's so many people coming back and, you know, they're from our top seven crew um, who ran at nationals this past weekend. They're only losing two seniors, just me and Carly. So we have so many people that are going to be on that team next year. And I'm so excited to see like what they can do at nationals for years to come, because I imagine that we'll have many more 
national runs in the next couple of years. Certainly. And, and Tara, I saw the group got to go to what, Churchill Downs? Is that what I saw afterwards? Tell me about that experience. <laughs> yeah, it was really fun. Uh, we, we visited the Kentucky Derby course, um, Churchill Downs, and we actually did that the last time we were in Kentucky too. And it was, it was really fun just to kind of like celebrate, you know, after our race, we were all so excited just to have run and then get to go to Churchill Downs and bet on some horses, which is the only uh, sport that the NCAA lets us bet on. So that was fun. <laughs> That's right. That that is technically allowed. That's right. Yeah. That's good. Jill, was that like? Did you get any winners there, Jill? You know, I kind of bet vicariously to the ones that do it, but um, it's definitely really fun and something that we all, I think, is a good memory for us. Yeah, Tara. Any other things about the trip that kind of stood out to you? Yeah, I mean, I think just like the being there with those group of girls, it was. Not many of us had been to NCAAs before. It was just me, Jill, and Jordan who had gone the years before. So there was five of them who had never been to their um, NCAAs. And so just like watching the excitement as we like got to the meet and then also just like experiencing what's it, what it's like to travel with the team for the championships was just exciting to be a part of. Um, I think that the energy was really high. And especially after COVID, um, it, I feel like people were extra grateful to, to be doing this trip. So I would say just like the energy with my teammates. And so, I mean, it's a big meet, obviously. Um, you mentioned the start, um, you took it out a little easy. What was the strategy behind that for you, Tara? Yeah, this kind of a race when there's, you know, 300 girls out on the course and they're all, you know, just as competitive as we are. It's more about just like running for feeling versus like having a lot of strategy because you never know, like when you get out there, what it's going to feel like um, until you start. And so for me, I, I took it out maybe a little bit too easy. I ended up being quite towards the back when I started without even realizing, um, but yeah, I would say that for strategy wise, we all just kind of went in being like, we're just going to run what we run. We had really no plans. Um, it's kind of just a leave your heart out on the on the course kind of a day. So there wasn't a lot of strategy, but <laughs> I, I maybe should have taken out a little bit faster. But I, I mean, I, I made it up enough in the end. So that's all that matters. Jill, any other thoughts you want to share about the race or the trip you haven't got to talk about? Um, yeah, it was just super fun. And I was impressed with like all the people that hadn't been there before because it can just be kind of like a law and go, go, go. And then the race itself is kind of like just chaotic. So I was just impressed with how level-headed everyone was and really proud of how we raced as a team. Great. And then Tara, I know we're going to get right into track and field, right? I mean, you're in a short break here and what's what, what could be the approach coming back for track here pretty soon? Yeah. So we get to celebrate this week at home and this actually lines up for our week off. So we're gonna take one week of recovery. And then when we get back at it, we're gonna be starting with practice and, and workouts right when we get back to school. So it'll be nice to kind of spend December getting into that track mindset where a lot of the girls on our team have already been for the past couple of weeks. Um, and then when we come back from Christmas break, it's, it's right into competing again. So that will be exciting. For the Bates men, senior captain Jackson Donahue, running in his second NCAA championship meet, completed his outstanding cross-country career as Bates frontrunner in all seven races this season, leading the Bobcats by finishing in 70th place out of 294 runners. The men's team was without two of their top runners, so others had to step up. Junior Ryan Smith did exactly that, running the fastest cross-country race of his career and placing second on the team and 178th overall. And Ryan Smith is our male Bobcat of the week. Ryan, I know this was your first trip, at least, to NCAA. So tell me a little bit about the experience overall for you. Yeah, oh my gosh, it was so cool. Um, we were in Louisville, Kentucky, somewhere I've never been before. Um, got to go down on Thursday, so got um, some relief from class and, and got to really relax. And um, I don't know, it was, it's, it's pretty hard to uh, truly relax and, and kind of take your mind off the race when 
you know, that's what we're flying down there for. We're going to the course the day before. But, um, you know, we, we played some games, watched a lot of movies, and, and just kind of hung out, got some good food. So try to take our minds off of the race and just appreciate being there because it's such an awesome opportunity. Terrific. And then it was the fastest uh, AK you've run here at Bates. And so what was really working for you out there on the course, you felt? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure this was like the fastest race in D3 history. Uh, someone <laughs> was saying, I'm like, like, it was crazy. Um, I knew going in that, uh, I mean, like all of the best runners in the country are there. So naturally it will, it will be a big race and everything. And the course is really nice. It wasn't, our last two races have been like, like full on like mud um and like through downpour the, the day before so course is pretty nice and um i didn't really know how fast we were going but um it was yeah i think it was like a minute pr for me or something but um i think a lot of that was kind of just due to like big race a lot of competitors there um i think that the time kind of took care of itself just with the with the nice conditions and competition and everything you know, what was kind of your approach to things i mean who were you running with uh, how did you kind of approach the race as you went along yeah. Uh, you know, gun went off. There's like 300. I actually don't know how many, but it was, it's gotta be close to 300 people in the race and they're all just converging into, you know, uh, to go 10 wide. So, um, I'm, I didn't want to go out super hard with the leaders. So I just kind of went out. I was in the middle. I had no idea what place I was in. I was just like, I know a general idea of how fast I should be going. And I'm like, I'm going to try and pass someone every mile and, and just kind of try to try to move up and, uh, stay engaged uh, a lot of races this year it's been really hard with like hills and stuff but we had the luxury of of not having any hills to really break it up so it was more just on yourself you know how how hard can you push and can you take one mile of time and just be like all right this mile i want to i want to pass 10 people so you go try and do that and the team obviously got 26th overall um you know obviously an improvement from two years ago for the bobcats how is it how did the team feel overall about the performance uh, before the race going in, uh, pretty nervous just because, um, we hadn't really had that perfect race yet. And we were missing Bart Rust and Eli Best dining two phenomenally talented runners. And, uh, honestly, I think they were like our number one, two runners from two years ago. So right. two guys that we were really missing, um, but we knew that going in and, and, you know, we were like, we knew that someone, all, all of us would have to step up. So to, to be missing two, two great runners and still have our best race of the season was awesome and um it's a feeling that i really don't know if i'll be able to i don't really know if i'll ever be able to replicate just like when i crossed the line and then like it, like my teammates we all just like swarmed each other and we were in very good spirits it was great but it also it also is you know being a junior and having i think it was four sophomores that ran the race mm. um uh, i'm really excited for next year because uh i don't really want to get 26th i you know the lower the number, the better. So um, it leaves a lot of room for improvement. And, um, but I would say that the, I don't know what we were ranked. I don't really, I have no idea. I think we were like 31st maybe. Mm -hmm. So moving up like five spots, it doesn't sound too crazy, but like, if you think about what that means, like if we were to actually finish our projection, all of us, all of us like moved up like 50 places from where we were expected. So in that sense, it was awesome and it was cool. <laughs> Terrific. So tell me a little bit about uh, growing up. Uh, you're from Connecticut. Uh, when did you start running uh, competitively? Yeah, I'm joining you now from Connecticut. Uh, yep. break. Um, I started running like my junior year. Um, I was a lacrosse player and I tried out for the soccer team, but I moved over to running junior year. And um, 
I, I, I guess I, I only got into it because I started getting like became friends with the people on the team. And then I just like randomly improved. Like it was a thing on my high school team that like whoever did the least amount of summer training would improve. And so like, I didn't train going to junior year and it just kind of, I just got like three minutes faster for no reason. But because of that, like, I was like, Oh wait, this is actually pretty good. I, I could do this. So ran a bit, ran senior year. Um, and I was still doing ski team in high school. So now I'm doing indoor and stuff and I'm kind of like becoming like obsessed with the sport now as I'm like, I've been doing it for like four or five years, four years now. Mm. And I'm kind of, I feel like I'm just now figuring out how fun it can be to really just like put your head down and like really enjoy it. So uh, it's, yeah, it was uh, a random start, but I guess, I guess running is a sport where it's like, no one really does this from a young age. So everyone has different avenues to, uh, to common results and uh, teams, but mine was through not wanting to do lacrosse anymore, I guess. I was too small. Everyone else grew and I didn't. That's why. <laughs> well, you went from no training over the summer to I'm sure a lot of training here at Bates, right? What's that transition been like? Yeah. Yeah. I was, um, I, I, I thought that I trained a lot like my senior year of high school, um, doing like 40 mile weeks. I thought that that was like crazy. Uh, and then I came to college and people were doing like a hundred. So I, I, I realized that, oh wait, I actually don't run that much. This summer, was my biggest summer. Um, I was, I was probably doing like 75 or 80 a week, which takes up a lot of time, but I would also, I would also supplement a lot of biking in there. So I don't really know. I I was just like, I I just enjoyed like doing whatever I could, um, to like be outside and running was a good way to do that. Um, you do have to balance it though. Running isn't just like other sports. I feel like, uh, you can just like work super hard, like all day long running like it's it's not necessarily in your best interest to just like work tirelessly because you won't be able to race so you do have to find that line and I'm still I don't think anyone there's no such thing as like training uh, perfect training like I'm still trying to figure out what works best for me but yeah um I I think that there's also a lot beyond just going out and doing 10 miles there's a lot you can do when you get back to uh, make sure your body's ready to go and um you know eating the right stuff and and doing the right things back in your room before bed. That was what I kind of tried to focus on this season more so than I have in the past. Terrific. And then what led you to want to come to Bates for college? Um, I'll give the shorter version because <laughs> the longer story is like, I mean, I don't think anyone really needs to hear it, but I don't know. I was a uh, small school, Northeast want to be, I want to have snowfall in the winter and I want to have um, a team that wants to get better. So Bates checked off everything on my list and I applied ED. So I didn't have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So once you were in, you were, you were coming for sure. <laughs> that's, the, that's the short, the short, short answer is I got an ED, so I didn't have a choice, but no, it was, it was just everything I was looking for basically. Terrific. And then, I mean, how have you seen yourself kind of grow? You, I think you touched on this, but from your first year here to now as a junior, obviously you had the whole COVID year last year, um, but have you seen yourself grow kind of as a runner over these last you know few seasons? Growing as a runner, I would say, I mean, sure. I, I, I was actually home all last year, so I couldn't really, I was only here. For, I haven't been here that long, to be honest with you. But um, I will say beyond growing as a runner, I think I've grown as a leader um, and just like as a person on the team and just in life as well. But I mean, as far as the team goes, yeah, I was like freshman year. I was definitely like the clown. I love to joke around. Um, didn't take it too serious, which to a certain extent is a good thing. You don't want to take it too serious. You don't want to be a robot. But um, this year, I like, I feel like I blinked and became an upperclassman. So 
um, I was talking to coach and everything over the summer. I was like, yeah, I probably, I do want to be a leader and I do want to take this a bit more seriously. So I do try and more so than like developing as a runner and like training harder or like more, uh, I try more to like set an example and just like, um, I don't know, just like help each other. I, I learned that what, what I take away from this sport the most is the social aspect. So I try to uh, grow in that aspect, I guess. Is Mayo your nickname or what's the story there? That is my name. Uh, that, oh. is, that is my family's name. That's family. my first okay. name. Okay. Ryan's my middle name. Um, gotcha. And yeah, it's just like, it's where my family's from in Ireland. So it would, it would be as oh. if, if my lineage came from Lewiston, my name would be Lewiston Ryan Smith. But um, okay. that, doesn't, that doesn't have the same ring to it. And <laughs> it doesn't lend itself to the same like uh, jokes and stuff. People like it. So I like it. It's pretty cool. Gotcha. And then um, well, do you have any thoughts you want to share about the trip to NCAA? Is anything we got not got to talk about yet? Oh man. Um, well, I already talked about how fun it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we went to Churchill Downs. I won $30 at Churchill Downs. Uh, I think the NCAA is cool with that. So yes, they we'll, are. We'll, yeah. we'll leave that in. We won't have to edit that, which is <laughs> great. Um, so that was fun. There were like, yeah, 300, like it, it still hasn't really felt real yet. Um, there's a video of the race. They have like drone footage showing you just how big the field was. That was crazy. But um, I would say um, like to other sports teams, like putting in like all the extra work that you have to do to get to NCAAs, you'll, you'll know when it's worth it, you know, just like in sports in general, like you'll reach a point if you have a goal where like, like we wanted to go back here all season, this was our goal to get back. And like the moment you get there, you understand why it's worth it. So if you ever like, don't, this, this applies to like any sport. If you're ever not sure like why you're really working towards something and like you're going to practice every day, but you don't really know why, like it's moments like this that show you and remind you um, just how special it all is. Um, this was fantastic. And hopefully next year we get to go there. We won't have to be like anxious about whether or not we're going to go. I want to hopefully put a team together. Like we know we're going and our goal isn't just to get there. Our goal is to get there and then have something really like big to celebrate, you know, 26 is good, but uh, sixth is better than 26 as well. And first is better than that. And, you know, always just trying to maximize performance. It's fun to be at the biggest stage of them all. Yeah. All right, Ryan Smith, thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Really appreciate it. Thanks again. Thank you. The women's basketball team is off to a two and one start to the season, easily beating UMaine Farmington on Tuesday and Thomas College on Friday. Bates then scheduled a last minute non-conference game with Nezcac foe Amherst on Sunday falling 60-54 in a defensive battle. Junior Bree Gattoletta is off to a blistering start, tallying a double-double with a career-high 25 points and 12 rebounds against the Mammoths. She leads the team in scoring through three contests at 16.3 points per game. Here on the steps of Alumni Gym with Bree Gattoletta joining us here on the Bobcast, talking some women's hoops. And Bree, from Chappaqua, New York, right outside New York City, when did you start playing basketball growing up? Um, I'd say I started playing basketball around uh, first grade. I saw my older brothers playing all these sports, and I was like, hey, I want to play sports like them. I was like, quit it with the ballet, want to go right into sports. Um, and I just really liked the team aspect of it. So did you play against your brothers a lot, like in the, in the driveway or whatever, basketball? Or? Oh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of playing with them. Um, it definitely allowed me to get tougher because they would always be fouling and I couldn't get away with any of it. <laughs> now you're pretty tall. Do you end up out, outgrowing them? <laughs> oh, no. They're both taller than me. Oh, okay. <laughs> 1'6'4", 1'6'2". So it was hard. They were always blocking my shots. <laughs> 
Well, now you're blocking some shots and also scoring a lot of points against Amherst Sunday. Obviously, that was a last-second game, early season challenge. What was that experience like? Um, it was definitely a really good experience for me. I just kind of went into it thinking I want to have some fun and I want to, you know, make a statement with um, within the NESCAC. And I think I just was super focused on getting a lot of uh, rebounds because we knew going into that Amherst was a very strong rebounding team. So that was definitely one of my focuses. And um, just playing overall very strong defense as well was another focus. Yeah, they're obviously a very strong defensive team, as are the Bobcats. That was like, watching this game, it was a battle out there, wasn't it? I mean, what was the environment like throughout the contest, you think? Oh, my gosh. I mean, it was so much fun. Um, I mean, we both, we knew going into it, we were going to have some runs and they were going to go on some runs. So it was really important for us to emphasize um, staying focused on the defensive end and also executing on the offensive end. So you're a junior now, last year, a year away. I mean, there were those two games against Colby, but how did you kind of maintain your level of basketball, improve over a course of almost two years where we didn't have any games? Um, Well, it was a lot of self-motivation, I'd say for sure. Um, But, I mean, last year when we had our COVID year, we – we ha- it was uh, the phases were a little interesting. One phase was just us shooting at our own basket, six people in the gym at a time. Then the next phase, we were really excited to just be able to pass each other the ball and still be six feet apart. But um, we all just kept in mind that we were waiting for this year. This was this is a big year for us, and we were just so hungry to get back on the court and to be playing. And every day, we're always talking about how grateful. For- grateful we are to be on the court um, and to be practicing and so we were very um, motivated to be like you know got to be on it even though it's a year away we still have this opportunity to get better each day so we always push each other to get better. Terrific and take us back when you were in high school what made Bates the place for you for college? After the elite camp I knew I loved the team and the coaches and just the atmosphere of you know, challenging yourself, but also within the little challenges, your team was right there to support you. And I just loved the overall um, campus. Everyone was so welcoming, and I just felt kind of at home here. Now you're one of our post players, Jenna Barons, Taylor McVeigh, um, Ariana Dahlia kind of does a little bit of everything, but what's that group like? Oh, we're, we're definitely battling in practice every day. Um, I would say all of them make me stronger every day in practice and I think um, a lot of what we emphasize in practice is a lot of post touches and not just relying heavily on the guards to score and I think we've definitely improved on that area and each one of us has so many skill sets and Taylor teaching me a lot about having that experience as a senior and having that experience on the defensive end because she's a tremendous defender and rebounder I've learned a lot from her um, and Ari as well, just being a super competitor um, with her experience. And I think a lot of us um, younger posts have a lot to learn and to continue to learn, but we're definitely having a lot of fun in practice. You know, it's interesting you mentioned, you know, feeling like you know, you're a younger post player, but you are a junior. Do you feel like an upper-class player, or do you feel like you're still kind of getting your footing? Um, yeah, it definitely is interesting because I am an upperclassman, <laughs> but with that year of no basketball it feels like I'm still I still have so much to learn especially within NESCAC play 
But I think, like, as the games go on, I'm going to continue to get my footing, and I would say that for the rest of the team as well. Um, but we just have a lot to look forward to with this year. What's the points of emphasis you think kind of moving forward? Because Amherst, obviously, was a tight game the whole way. Um, it was non-conference, so it's kind of a good learning experience, right? Yeah, I would definitely say we were looking forward to this game um, because, like you said, we were saying, like, hey, okay, we were 2-0, and like, and we're getting some real, like, tough competition for, with Amherst, and this is the team, like, these are the teams we strive to do well against. And so we were looking at this as a challenge, but also just, like, a footing for where we are in the season and what we really need to improve on. And I think we played really well yesterday, and there's always there's always things you can improve on, but it was a very good showing and a very good test for us. And we just have to keep focusing on the defensive end a little bit more, and not to mention we, were, we weren't hitting as many of the shots as we have in previous games. So I think with that game, if we just hit maybe five more shots, maybe less, that could have easily been our game. So I think that it's a really good test to what um, is coming up next, and I'm really happy about it. Now I see you just crashing the boards. I mean, you're, you're flying in there, especially actually on the offensive glass. Where does that kind of come from? I mean, I just went into that game, and I was like, I need to get the boards, and <laughs> um, and I need to stop the Amherst players from getting the boards. I think, you know, just energy plays like that really help the team in moments where we're um, – just kind of we're working hard but nothing's working for us and I think like I was just aspiring to get those rebounds to get a quick point so we could just start building on the momentum but I definitely felt like Superman in a couple of those where I was just I I probably wasn't jumping as high as I felt but I felt like I was just flying in there <laughs> well you were from my point of view I mean and then also you stepped back and um, took a couple threes hit one I think hit another one that was waved off because of a foul how much do you practice knocking down those outside shots yeah um, I've always been when I was younger I actually grew um, three inches in one summer so I was a guard and then after those three inches, everyone was like, well, you need to start learning some post stuff here because you're pretty tall. Um, so I've always kind of had, like, the ability to shoot the three and to post up. So that definitely works for my favor when guards choose not to guard me outside the three-point line. Excellent. Well, any other thoughts you want to share about the season so far and what some of your goals are here as we move through November into December and then into NESCAC play in the new year? Um, I think as a team, we just – we're going to keep honing in on those weaknesses and just turn them into strengths. And I think um, especially our defense, we really want to emphasize because that's such a foundation for us and it just gives us a lot of a, a lot of our momentum in game time. And I think like we're here, like this is it. Our team is at a point where we're just so talented and we're so basketball smart where I just see so much potential for us. And I think after today's game, I mean, after yesterday's game, we're just, like, dying to play another NESCAC game at this point because like, we know what we have to do now, and it's just a matter of putting the pieces together. The men's basketball team is off to a 1-2 and two start to the season, and junior captain Stefan Baxter is lighting up the scoreboard, averaging 27.3 points per game to lead the NESCAC in scoring. He also hit a game-winning three against St. Joseph's College of Maine. Bates' home opener is tonight, if you are listening on Tuesday, at 7.30 p.m. against Southern Maine.
Stefan Baxter with us here on the Bobcast talking some men's hoops. And let's start with the buzzer beater against St. Joseph's. Take us through that game, down to the wire, take us through that shot. Uh, yeah, so I, that game was a, a lot closer than we wanted it to be. Uh, but, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a dog fight all game. It was real chippy. I mean, they were talking to us, so obviously we, could, we had to talk back. And just coming down to the wire, like, I think we were down 10 with, like, four minutes left to go in the game, and we fought back. We tied it up. And uh, getting to the, the, the buzzer beater, it was, uh, we called the timeout before it happened, and coach threw up a play, and I just knew, like, I had to make a play. No matter if I was taking a shot or someone else was taking a shot, I knew I just had to make the play. So going through it, you know, we, uh, we drew up a, pl- a play of uh, they, were, uh, they were playing defense in the zone. They were playing a 3-2 zone, and uh, Dev, our big man, Devin, uh, he was supposed to set a screen for me at the top, on the top, and he set it for me. And as soon as I came up the screen, I was like, I'm wide open, so I got to shoot it. And I, as soon as it left my hand, I knew it was going in. So, so it, was, it was a good shot, and I'm just glad we won. Always fun to celebrate on another team's court, right? Oh, yeah, for sure, <laughs> especially when they're talking trash to you. <laughs> right, so. right. Um, a little bit about, you know, you and your role on the team, because two years ago, as a first year, you were on a team that had a bunch of experienced guards. Now those four guys graduated, and you're the guy right now. You're taking a lot of shots. You're, you're, you have the ball a lot. So tell us about that adjustment, I guess, for you. Just coming off my freshman year, I kind of knew with those graduating uh, senior guards – who like scored a lot of the points for us, I knew I had to step up for our team to be successful in the future. And, you know, Coach Furbish has talked to me about that as well. So I knew going into sophomore year last year, I knew I was going to have to make that huge leap. And I was ready for it. But, you know, unfortunately, we couldn't have a season last year. But, I, you know, I stayed the course. And I knew eventually when we played again, I was going to have to be that guy. And so, I mean, this is no surprise to me that it's kind of happening the way yeah. it is. But... Um, but yeah, I just, uh, I'm, I'm embracing it. It, it. it is a tough role. I will say that. I wish I was, I wish I prepared myself a little more. It's better when you, it's a, it's a little more like when you finally experience it, you're like, you're like, damn, like, like I, I, I did, I want to say I did prepare myself yeah. well, but you know, there's obviously things where I'm in the moment. I'm just like, well, I could, I could have done things better. So, but, uh, I love it. And I mean, we're, off to a one and two start right now, but you know it's it's early in the season. Uh, over half of the team hasn't didn't play a, right. uh, a college game yet, so we got a lot of young guys. But I, I I love the grit and the fight that we have. I mean, our two losses, our one of a lo- one of our losses to to Clark, which we would have hoped to win, was they had two games on us ahead of us, and that was our first game of the season. So. I mean, we lost by five. It was a dogfight as well. And then I lost to Babson. I mean, they're a very, they're a really good team. You know, got a lot. Of, they play. They have a lot of seniors and juniors who are who are playing, who have experience playing. And they obviously they have freshmen and sophomores who didn't play as well too. But I want to say for us as a as a team, like we got a lot of young guys playing. Yeah. So, but I mean, at the end of the day, like I just love our team because we just have that fight. Like we never, like we, I don't think. I don't think we're ever really gonna like blow out, get blown out, or like lose to like lose a crazy game. Cause just because I, I I believe in our team, just like our will and our our, our, our will to win and our hunger. Like I think in our our Babson game, we were down 22 to four right. in the in the first in the first four minutes, but we clawed back and we even took the lead. Yeah. 
but you know at the end, end of the game it came down to free throws and fouling and stuff like that but but no uh, I definitely I love our team and I think I think we'll be we'll be our record will definitely be better in the long run than it is right now so well the other thing about the Babson game you didn't have Omar Saar That's obviously one of the too. key post players you guys are the same class here tell us about your relationship Oh, Omar, that's my guy. Yeah. Uh, we've been rooming together since sophomore year, since last year, and we've been rooming together now. Uh, he's a huge, he's a huge help for us and a huge part of the team, especially on the defensive end. Uh, you know, just, I know we need him. Yeah. We need him. So uh, once he gets healthy and stuff, uh, he, you know, he's gonna help our team a lot. So your roommates, obviously, you know him pretty well. So what's yeah, yeah. what's what's the dynamic like? Your personality similar, different, or? <laughs> uh, I would say I am. I would say I'm more the emotional, passion type, and he's like the guy that kind of like just like calms me down. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like he's just like he's like oh like don't worry about it. You know what I mean? But I'm always just like showing my emotions and stuff like that, and. You know, I'm just always excited for things, and he's just kind of just like the the laid back guy, but always gets the job done when it when it when it needs to happen. And and you know, that's my guy, and we we both believe in each other, and we know what we bring to the team, and you know, we try our best every time we can step out on that court. Terrific. And then you mentioned all the young guys who don't have experience playing, including the sophomores. What are those guys like? I mean, what are you seeing from them so far? I'm seeing great things. I mean, even from the preseason, like mm-hmm. they were they were all ready to work. You know, everyone's showing up on time to pre to preseason uh, activities and stuff like that, and everyone just like not being afraid of not of just because like you're going up against an upperclassman, and you know like coach is like a, uh, favoring towards him obviously because he doesn't really know yeah. their games yet. That didn't matter to them. They they wanted to go out and prove like they can go, you know they they can play. And I think in the beginning of the season, like coach has made a lot of uh we've gone deep into our bench throughout these three games and i think they all proved that they can play and i, I mean i love it we're, we're a very deep team and i think that will definitely pay off for us in the long run so are you running the point this year or are you more off ball depending <laughs> on the situation yeah <laughs> uh i i want to say I, I i do a little both yeah. i also want to say like it depends on the team we're playing as sure. well so like i think babson game i ran a point point a lot more than i did the first two games mm-hmm. Uh, j- just based off of scouting and game plan and stuff like that, but but yeah, it's it, you know uh, it's the coach's decision before the game or whatever, and he you know we we hash it out and we talk about it uh, before uh, in pregame and stuff like that. But but yeah, I believe in whatever the coaches tell me to do. But yeah, I play I play both. So. Certainly. And then, what did you learn from your experience against NESCAC competition from two years ago that you might you know apply as we get into January here? Uh, next guy competition is very tough. I will say that. Um, I just remember just like those back-to-back games on the Friday and Saturday. Those were I didn't really I didn't really coming in as freshman. I was just like, oh, okay, like that seems fun. I didn't, and coach was telling me, coach Fred was telling me how tough that is, and I didn't really realize I didn't realize it until I finally experienced it. And, you know, waking up that Saturday morning and being like, damn, I got a game today, and I'm really sore from Friday night's game. <laughs> yeah. So that that that's very tough. Um, but I feel like that definitely uh, prepared my mindset for this year, just us- utilizing these games before getting into conference as just, like, games to make sure we're on the right track before we get into conference play and that, into that uh, tough competition. All right, Stefan Baxter, thanks so much. Thank you.
The swimming and diving teams open their seasons with a tri-meet at Wesleyan, taking on the host Cardinals as well as Wheaton College. Both the women and the men swept their opponents, with the number 19 nationally ranked women winning a thriller, clinching the first place finish over number 18 Wheaton in the final race of the day, the 200-yard freestyle relay. Sophomore Grace Wenger anchored the clinching relay for Bates. Talking to some women swimming and diving on the Bobcast with Grace Wenger joining us, a sophomore. So this was your first meet. Long time coming, right? How'd it feel? It was so exciting to finally get to get in the pool with this amazing team. I mean, I've been looking forward to it since I got here, of course. So it's been great to get that done. How did you handle things as a first year last year when there weren't any, like, I know you did a lot of swimming mm-hmm. at Tarbell, but there weren't any meets against other schools. Yeah, it was definitely difficult because we're used to competing a lot and having that competitive atmosphere. But we did get to do some inter-squad meets and stuff like that. And... The whole team was so supportive of everybody, and we were all going through it together, so it wasn't too bad. We got, we made it through. <laughs> so it was your first trip with the team as everything you imagined? <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's great to have such a big team and have everyone supporting you. So as a sophomore, take us back when you were in high school, though. What made Bates the place for you? It was on my recruiting trip. I When I met the team, I, I knew it was for me. I actually ended up going on, like, four different recruiting trips but Bates was my first one and I came home and I was like I don't want to go on any of my other ones but uh my parents made me (laughs) (laughs) but Bates obviously held up yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) what about the trip impressed you so much it's just the team atmosphere I mean it was very clear that everyone is very closely knit and there's always someone supporting you um and that was 100% backed by the coaching staff like they're absolutely amazing they contribute so much to the family aspect and the team dynamic. So tell us about some of the events you're competing in this year. I am going to be doing a lot of 100 fly, 2 free, probably 500 free too. So similar to what I swam this weekend. Well, yeah, speaking of the 200 free, it was a 200 free relay at the very end of the meet, right? Yes. The women's team, you had to win the race. What was that like? And you were the anchor, right? Yeah, yes. <laughs> um, I'm not going to lie, it was a little stressful, <laughs> but um, it was really exciting. It was very clear um, from the beginning that it was going to be a super close race. And when I got up on the blocks, it was very clear it was going to be extremely close. But just looking up and, like, seeing my team on the other end of the pool and hearing everyone behind me, it was like everyone swam such amazing races. It was like I just wanted to bring it home for everybody because it was a win for all of us. Yeah, well, tell us about your relay teammates. They're fantastic. Every We couldn't have done it without any of them. Our relay exchanges were they were so much better than um, the other teams, which was I couldn't have done that without everybody. Like, it was completely a team effort. Everyone swam their absolute best. We got some best times in there for sure. So Peter mentioned something about like you weren't satisfied with the way you finished the butterfly race or something. Yes. And then so this was redemption. Kind <laughs> yeah, of, this was kind of my redemption. <laughs> I um, I was in a very close race for the hundred fly, mm-hmm. and um, I didn't finish it too well. I took an extra stroke. I finished not how I should have, and that led to me getting out touched. So this was kind of my little redemption moment at the end. <laughs> So how do you, like, try to time that, right, at the very end? That's that's tough, right? It's tough, yeah. yeah. I definitely should have been paying a little more attention to where I was coming into the wall, but I guess it's better that it happened now than <laughs> at NESCAX. But, um, yeah, it was definitely a redemption moment, for sure. And so did you, like, you knew going into the last race you had to win, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. Who, who tells you that, or did you see the scoring up on the board? Well, we knew the score, and yeah. we also talked to Peter before, and yeah. he was like, we have nothing to lose, <laughs> like – just do your best like he was yeah he was like just leave it all out there like we really have nothing to lose so just try your hardest 
see if you can bring home the win. Yeah, certainly. What's training been like with this team? Because I know swimming and diving, it, it's a lot of training, right? Yes, it is a lot of training. <laughs> <laughs> We've been doing a lot of um, endurance group and sprint groups. Um, so we practice at different times for those. We get to practice with our whole women's team and our whole men's team on Saturdays, which is so nice. I love doing that because it's kind of hard. It is a big team. We have 70 people on the team this year. So it's hard to, like, you don't get to practice with everybody all the time. Right. So it is nice to have different training groups and different practices so you can kind of train with everybody. Yeah, you're in the sprinter group, right? Or... I'm like endurance, mid-distance. Okay, okay. Yeah. So do you work more with Peter or Vanessa? I work more with Peter. Okay. Yeah, for what, sure. What do you like as a coach? He's amazing. He's the best coach I've worked with by far. He's just, he's so invested. Like, he cares so much about the team, which is, it's so nice. It's so nice to have someone who you know is going to back you 100% and who just really wants to see you improve and see the program as a whole improve, both in the pool and out of the pool. What was his reaction? What was your team's reaction after you won that final relay race? It was, it was pretty great. Um, just after we finished, our whole team just completely erupted, which is the best feeling ever, of course. Um, we walked over to Peter. He was grinning ear to ear. He gave us all big hugs. It was just so exciting. It, the energy was fantastic, and we definitely couldn't have done that without him or the rest of the team just creating that super hyped up um, atmosphere. Well, I know it was a try meet and I would think Wheaton and Wesleyan and Wheaton was the one close to you in the rankings, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wheaton was, we were completely tied with them. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> they were right next to us in the relay too. So yeah, <laughs> it was close. Great, and then um, I guess, oh, well, take us back. When did you start swimming, like growing up? I started swimming when I was 10. Yeah, when I was 10. And I started on this really small club team. There were, I think, seven of us. And we were in this really kind of rundown pool. <laughs> and then I ended up switching teams a couple times. Um, but yeah, like since I was 10, it's kind of just been swimming. And I knew I wanted to continue that in college. Yeah, did you, when you were in high school, did you start to think, okay, I'm good enough to compete at the next level even? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I definitely have always kind of looked at the NESCACs mm -hmm. as like, that seems like a really good place to be because I wasn't really feeling division one. I was like, I didn't want to get burnt out. Right. And I think it's really, it's been really nice to be able to strike a balance between academics and athletics. And I think Peter also does a really good job of supporting that. Great. We have the main state meet coming up in early December, yeah. right? And then train trip, which you didn't get to have last year. Yeah. Are you excited to go to Florida? I am so <laughs> excited to go to Florida. I can't wait. I've heard so many stories about training trip. Everyone just says it's where you can really like bond with everybody and the team really comes together. So, and we have two new classes who've never right. been to training trips. So I think it'll be really important for our team. Great, well, any other thoughts you want to share about the meet this weekend or anything else you wanted to talk about we haven't mentioned? I just, I think everybody did a fantastic job. We had a lot of really great swims, a lot of really great touch outs on our side, which we couldn't have done that. We couldn't have won without everybody helping out. So just, Great job to everybody. There you go. Grace Winger, thanks so much. Yeah, of course. Thank you. On the men's side, junior Edmund Jiang won the 100-yard butterfly in an impressive 51.57 seconds and took second in the 200 fly to help lead the Bobcats to victory. Happy to have Edmund Jiang with us here on the Bobcast talking some men's swimming and diving. And Edmund, you're a butterfly guy. Tell me, take us back to when you were first in the pool. Butterflies are pretty, uh, you know, it's one of the more uh, difficult strokes, if you will, right? How, when did you first uh, develop a taste for the butterfly? Well, um, I've always been an IMer all throughout high school, which means I, I swim all four strokes. But um, 
since we since I got to college, my butterfly has kind of taken off and I kind of filled in that role as one of the top flyers on the team. I like how it's a challenging stroke. I mean, people always like fear doing butterfly in practice, but I kind of embrace that challenge whenever we get to, you know, practices and meets. So when you were in high school, you're looking for colleges. What made Bates the place for you? Um, the thing about Bates that stood out for me was the most important thing to me was I was wanted by the coaching staff and my uh, teammates right now. Other schools never really gave me that kind of attention that I was seeking out. And I felt welcomed here. And um, I feel like I could contribute to a really good swim program. So take us through your career so far. You're a junior now. So you competed two years ago as a first year. Last year, unfortunately, there wasn't any competition. So how have you, how did you kind of handle last season? I know you got some training in, but how do you kind of handle it personally? Well, swimming is a super difficult sport where, you know, you take a few days off and you kind of have to get back into the swing of things. And it, it takes longer to get back into it than it does if you were to, you know, take a break. So maintaining um, lifts in the gym and just getting a feel for the water is always important. Um, especially like during COVID, there was limited time. So a lot of body weight exercises and just maintaining, you know, a nice strong base. And then on Saturday, uh, what was it like to finally get back to competition? What was the experience like? Uh, it was definitely nerve wracking. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like getting back on the blocks. And I think coach mentioned it was over 600 days since our last real competitive meet. And, you know, seeing Wesleyan had, a lot of other great butterflyers, I kind of had to step up to that challenge and just, you know, the thrill of swimming. It's exciting. And I can't wait to go back in again. And your head coach, Peter mentioned to me, that he was really impressed with your time, especially in the 100 yard butterfly, because you normally not that fast as early in the season, right? I mean, this, this was almost your PR, which you said at NESCAX two years yeah, ago. Yeah. Yeah. I've been um, putting some effort into the weight room and um, coach and I have talked a lot about, working on the little things, mainly technique, underwater dolphin kicks, and um, turns off the wall. Terrific. And then um, what was it like to see everyone else compete and perform so well? Because the men, obviously, easy victories over both Wesleyan and Wheaton. Yeah, it's a great confidence boost. I mean, yeah. um, we did lose some of our seniors last year that were great for us. But in return, we've gained a lot of enthusiastic freshmen. The uh, captains and senior leadership are doing a great job by um, uplifting the team. And I think with the culture that we've created, um, it only like, it only goes up from here. Yeah. Do you have any goals you've set for yourself kind of moving forward to through this season? Cause there's a ways to go. Obviously you've got uh, the main, you've got the main meet coming up and then you've got the training trip, which is very important. And then really the heightened competition comes after the new year. Right. Yeah. Um, so as a team, we kind of have to set, you know, short-term goals and long-term goals and, um, for me, especially, I have some time goals I want to achieve, but mainly um, my long-term goal would be at NESCAC championships is just to place, fire, uh, place higher in a, a B final or an A final, preferably the A final, because my freshman year, I only made the C finals mm -hmm. and I'd love to, you know, score more and contribute to the team. You looking forward to the return of training trip here in December? Oh yeah, it'll be painfully great. <laughs> Collective suffering. Collective suffering. There you go. Any other thoughts you want to share about the meet this weekend? We haven't got to talk about anything? 
Um, I think it was great for the men's and women's team. The women pulled off a huge victory, especially with that last relay. It was one of the most exciting races to watch, at least one that I've watched, you know, in the past year or so. And, um, you know, bait swimming and dive is looking really good this year. I don't think anyone should sleep on us. There you go. Edmund, thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcats. Really appreciate it. Yep. Thank you. Have a good one. We continue our fall sports recaps this week with the field hockey team. Bates went 7-9 overall this year, winning three NASCAT games and qualifying for the NASCAT championships, where they fell in the quarterfinals to eventual national champion Middlebury. Head coach Danny Ryder-Kogut recaps the season. Start with the awards, right? Riley Burns, second team all NESCAC as a senior captain. What can you say about what she was able to do this year um, as a leader and also obviously her stats on the field? Yeah, and she was actually just named as a senior all-star too, which is a really exciting development. Um, that we just got to share with her. But I think both those awards are well-deserving. She worked incredibly hard from her first year here to her senior year, changed her position. After her sophomore year, we saw some skills that we thought would um, lead her to be a great center mid. And so she headed into the 2020 season unknowing of COVID at that point with a long list um, of to-dos to improve, skills to work on, um, you know, how to get her fitness to that midfield position where she had previously played forward. So she just had a, a huge list in front of her, which I think she accepted with a ton of just, she just had such a great attitude about it and just this willingness to work that we knew she'd be successful. Obviously 2020 got canceled, so that was a bit of a disappointment for everyone. But I think kind of for her knowing that now she was gonna go into her senior year playing a new position just for one year, um, but she did a great job with it. She came in incredibly ready for the position. She had learned and really had a great um, fundamental skill for everything she needed for a center mid and just did great in that position. She generated most of our attack. She has a, an amazing deceptive sweep, which coaches from you know the top programs in the country were always recognizing post-game. And so that was really exciting to have her using some skills that I think are, are really high level. And then the team as a whole, obviously, the NESCAC was as strong as ever. It seemed like every, every week you were playing a top 10 team. But how would you say the team kind of handled the, the year coming back from what was only practiced before? Yeah, you know, I think it took an adjustment, um, as, it, as it will and has probably for everyone in the country, of just kind of getting back into the swing of things and the time commitment shift um, once you're back into a full season. But I think the team handled it really well. I think we had a lot of really close games, um, some that statistically were going our way and we still didn't get the win. So I think that that's a lot to, to process in a quick eight-week span. Um, but the team did a really good job just staying focused. And I think the end of the season showed that focus of just not kind of giving up and sitting back in early September, mid-September when things weren't going our way. Um, they really came together towards the end, which was nice to see. I remember I interviewed Bridget Thompson kind of in the middle of the year, and she said, we're playing really well, but we're just not scoring any goals. Yeah. That's, that's, that can be obviously frustrating, right? Yeah, yeah, it was a, definitely a source of frustration. Um, one part where we weren't scoring was on corners. All of September, I think we scored maybe on three corners. It was just a really a source of frustration for the team. So we went out to October, scrapped all the corners we had, redid them all, 
started to have a lot of success with them and I think that creates kind of um, a domino effect of once you start doing well in them it becomes a part of the game that you feel really confident in so that played into the second half of the season and being able to actually put some goals on the scoreboard. Yeah the last regular season game of the year against Colby right here not great weather conditions but a great performance right? Yeah they played awesome I think that game the Williams game even though they they lost an OT um, Endicott were all these really great promising um, signs that we had we had honestly learned a lot as a program in a year and I think having 18 returners next year so a really um, young squad if you will this year um, with 18 returning next year I think we feel like we're ready for um, to move forward and to keep working together and set new goals for 2022. Yeah, so what do you think those 18 returners learned or what, you, what do you hope they learned from this experience? <laughs> yeah I think they've learned that it's a process um, and hard work pays off. I think our senior class is one that I will always hold very near and dear to my heart because of the amount of work they put in and how they progressed as individuals through the four years. Very few of them were starters or really key players their first year, um, maybe some even into their sophomore year, but they really showed this grit to learn, develop, um, buy into the program, work on team values, all the stuff that made us so successful um, over the last couple of years. And I think they're great examples of that. Yeah, you mentioned some of the close games. I know Williams has been kind of a tough matchup in previous years, but this year you took them down the wire. That was a really exciting game. Yeah. I mean, I think that we had been working really hard, kind of, like you said, pushing through some of those earlier frustrations. And we just, the week of practice leading up to Williams, we knew that things were clicking. So we were really excited for that game. Um, I think they played a great, I mean, over time it has to go one way or the other, yeah. but you know that you did a lot right to get there, so... What are your thoughts you want to share about the season we haven't gotten to talk about yet? It was a crazy year. I think to say goodbye to your seniors um, after this year is, is a tough one and something new as a coach to experience because you didn't get that junior year with them. So there was so much anticipation leading into this season, and I think that for all athletes who are who are playing this year, especially for the seniors, I would just say enjoy it um, and, and don't try to put two seasons into one. Just enjoy the moment that you're in and appreciate being back on the field court wherever you're at. The NESCAC announced Tuesday that senior Brendan Costa, junior Tony Hooks, and junior Mohamed Koulibaly earned all NESCAC honors, with Hooks being named the first team as a linebacker and Costa and Koulibaly earning second team selections at quarterback and cornerback, respectively. Congratulations, Brendan, Tony, and Mohamed. In other Bates Athletics action over the weekend, the squash teams competed against a pair of Ivy League opponents and Dickinson College as well at the University of Pennsylvania. The Bates women won a 5-4 thriller over Dickinson, but the men fell just short against the Red Devils by a count of 5-4. Both teams hope the early season challenges will pay off when they meet Bowden and Tufts in early December. And next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll recap another exciting week of basketball and take a look back at the men's soccer team's season with head coach Tyler Shake. That's next time on the Bates Bobcast.